Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Good morning, world. <laughs> now I feel obligated to start every podcast that way. You remind me of uh, what is it that that movie? Good morning. Vietnam. Vietnam. That's not quite. Good morning, Vietnam. No. <laughs> you also right. remind me of Vince every time anybody comes into the box and he announces everybody's name like they're a baseball player. It's like cheers. <laughs> it is like cheers. Where everybody knows your name. Yeah. Oh, God, that song's going to be in my head all day now. Isn't that a great song? Like for a, a theme tune? It, it, might for be, a show? it might be the best you know, theme song for a show ever. I think it, like, it draws you into the show immediately. It makes you feel so good just hearing that song. Like, you're like, oh, let's sit down and watch the show. Well, it is funny that, A, music in general can do that. When you th- when you hear making your way in the world today, <laughs> you probably you probably started thinking about, oh, when you were laying down. Like, for me, it was, like, my parents' basement, you know, watching TV with them on a Thursday night. Mm. Right? So it brings you back to where you watched it, more mm-hmm. so than you thinking about Ted, you know, at the bar. Oh, but I like thinking about Ted dancing at the bar. It's just because you like Ted dancing. Yeah. <laughs> you like his new show. What's the best, what's the best uh, song ever for a TV show? That's up there. I'll give you a couple more. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't think of any. Off the top of my, you can't think of any? Off the top of my head now. Top I mean, of my head. Sing them to me. Well, this is a story all about oh, how yeah. my life got turned upside down. I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. Tell about, you how I came a prince of town called what about this? Let's see. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have. I do not know that. What's that from? The facts of life. <laughs> I bet you people listening know that one. That was, you know, set. It was difficult to guess based on how you were singing, though. That is set in my hometown of Peekskill, New York. Is it really? Yeah. Um, there's others. There's me, tons. I can't think of... I, I'm thinking of, of really inane ones, like Sister, Sister. <laughs> no. Not, not that show used ones. to drive my dad crazy. I'm sure people listening have their favorites as well. There's... I'm, you know, if we, if we sat down for a minute and, and really dug deep, because I know... Next show. We'll, we'll, we'll investigate and come back to the audience. Best. All right, if you're listening, send us your best TV theme song. And we'll perform it for you. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll perform a short snippet. Maybe Jill bust out the guitar. Actually, you should. Isn't there a Thanksgiving song that you sing? I usually do the Hanukkah song. Oh, that's. But there is a there is a Thanksgiving. Adam Sandler also has turkey for you, a turkey for me. I once had turkey in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> a turkey, turkey gable, turkey, turkey gable. I once had a turkey with Betty Gable. Thanksgiving. Um, is that it? Yeah, that's part of it. I, got, I don't. I don't know that one as well as another. All one right. Well, one. let's have you learn that. And side note: if listeners haven't watched the Adam Sandler special on Netflix, it's definitely worth a look. It was entertaining. It was good, right? I mean, I love Adam Sandler. I grew up watching his movies, and he was like the star of Saturday Night Live when I was watching it the most so yeah see because i'm from the uk we didn't really have saturday night live so i didn't know adam sandler from that i only knew him from movies and some of his movies i just find unbearable like his character just can drive me crazy but 
I did enjoy the the Netflix special. Well, they're, he plays the same character, and they're terrible. They're like lovable losers, but yeah, they're appealing. I think you know I grew up with Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. I remember watching those in high school. So it was I love. What's your favorite Adam Sandler? Um, I think I do like Happy Gilmore. It's a good one. I love The Wedding Singer. Oh, that is good. I do like The Wedding Singer, actually. Spoiler alert, but in... I like True Barrymore. Well, in the special, he does a new version of the song from The Wedding Singer. Oh. You didn't even notice that. The Grow Old With You. I'll take medicine. Oh, I must have missed that part when I was out with the dogs or something. No, you were sitting right next to me. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Spaced out. (laughs) Well, you just might not have realized that's what it was from. Maybe. You know... um, I, I gave you medicine when your tummy aches so Oh, no, I do remember you, singing it now. Yeah, yeah I like when that song. When the furnace breaks, I want to be... And he was saying... Oh, he was singing it about his wife, though. Right, right, right. And his um, family. Well, he rewrote the lyrics. Right, right, right. It was like a part two. Gotcha. I did not realize it was from... It's been a long time since I've seen The Wedding Singer. Well, babe, we're officially growing old together. <laughs> I know. We've celebrated a year. And we're old. Feels like two years. <laughs> <laughs> and we're old. I know. We we look at pictures of when we were first together, and we look so young. I don't know what happened to us in the last couple of years. On your eating happens. <laughs> on your eating. Life on the road. <laughs> I think we're mature. No, I think we still look young. I still like to say that my inner age is 28, though. Yeah, your outer age is not. <laughs> Imagine what we would look like if we weren't doing our fitness. Yeah, and I mean, taking care of our health. I mean, not to most of the time when I meet people or they know me, but they don't know my age, they do think I'm significantly younger. But I also think that has to do with the fact that I act immature. Yeah, I think you got that a lot more too when you didn't have your beard. Yeah, but even still, like a jujitsu on Monday, one of the girls was like, "How old are you? Twenty-seven." And I was like, 40. Was this girl flirting with you. Hey. <laughs> um, but, you know, younger people also can't tell the difference. And it's like you're at a young place. You're, yeah. you know, you're Out of young. context. You're also not working like a normal person would And be I mean, other than for both of us and for a lot of our clients as well, it's like other than looking at your face and being like there's wrinkles, it's like we look like we all look fit. Yeah. We have hair. <laughs> yeah, you're not bold. Yeah. I don't think there's any danger of you bolding. I'm excited to go gray. Really? I don't want to. Like, I'm not going to dye my hair gray, but I'm, I think it'll look cool. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, maybe like a little bit of gray, a little like Patrick Dempsey or... That's when I'll look older. Not as much as George Clooney. I mean, he's full on. Well, so I'm not going to dye it, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> but anyway, we got deep into our history of fitness last week and a lot of people reached out just expressing that they enjoyed learning where I came from well we only got up to your college years I don't know what much happened after that eventually you found CrossFit I imagined (laughs) eventually I did find CrossFit after your aerobics and spin phase although you were mainly the instructor it wasn't that you were actually doing those classes well you don't do spin and not do it no true that but I never understood how you could be a spin instructor. I mean, I'm finding it hard. I can't breathe. I'm in the class. How are you at the front of the class doing what we're doing and shouting at me? Well, yeah, when I taught spin, I mean, I was 
very good at spin. Yeah. You know, I don't know. You're good at biking. Yeah, I, would, I was biking quite a bit, period, outside as well. But you, it's like anything. You just get good at that particular modality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, honestly, this day so, and age... Tell the truth, though. Spin instructors keep that resistance on low, right? <laughs> no, I was... I used to crank it, and I, I mean, I got into arguments with some of those women because they wouldn't crank it enough. Oh, like I was, yeah. I was hard You were one time. of those, like, jumping off your bike, like, turn your resistance up. I, I didn't get off my bike often because it was my workout. <laughs> I was very selfish about that, so I wasn't, like, getting off. But I would, I remember there's this woman, Yoko, little Asian lady, who was fit, but she, and part of the problem in retrospect, was the bikes that we were on were so old. Yeah, I mean, the bikes nowadays are amazing. Yeah, I mean, it would be a different ball game now trying to teach because you see your wattage. Like, it was all based on, you know, what do they call it? Uh, you know, rate of perceived exertion. Right. So, you know, I felt it. I would, I would crank it up so I was barely moving, put on some heavy rock and roll and climb. But I, to me, it was my cardio, and I would teach Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Friday back in the day, 9.15 a.m., um, and that was my cardio nice time. No, it was good. I would, I would, I think my routine back then was, I usually had a client or even two, like at 7am and 8am oh, wow. when I was at this, the court club. Yeah. And then I would, you know, teach spin at 915 and then sometimes go upstairs and have my own workout, depending on what the exact day was. And then I usually had another, you know, clients all day and another noon class of something so it's busy you ever think back about your life and you're like I don't remember yeah all the time like when people ask questions and you're like I don't know like like you know that was like it's funny because I'm thinking back I'm like that was like a long seven-year period of my life but I don't know what I did most days um but well I assume you were training clients yeah I had clients and I would work out myself and help run the gym you know all that kind of stuff but yeah, that was it, and that was what I basically was doing for a solid six or seven years. I was really just expecting to do that forever. And then, really? That was it. I mean, I didn't know. Like, I think you get in this, I don't want to call it rut. But rhythm. R- rhythm, routine, rut, and I didn't have, like, you know, I was at a point in my life, I, you know, at that point I was dating someone, and but I didn't have CrossFit. I didn't really have people challenging me outside of that. I was just like, okay, this is, you're 20, you know, almost 30. And you're kind of just like, all right, this is your job. Well, I think when you're in a job maybe like that, it's a little more difficult or less clearly defined what your next step up would be. Whereas, you know, when you're working in a business, for example, maybe you start off as like an office admin at a law firm, you could be like, cool, maybe my next step up is to be a legal assistant and then I'll be the paralegal and then maybe I can study and become an attorney. Like, it's clear to see there's a path, you know, going up the ladder. Yeah, there was no path for me. No, but no path and no no boss, really, so to speak, of to really kind of guide you or direct you or offer any advice in that respect, I guess. Yeah, the boss there, you know, his name was Shai. He actually is the person that wound up buying Albany CrossFit, you know, the owner of the building, kind of his family. And he was the one running it, but he had no direction. He didn't know what he was doing. I mean, so, nice guy, but had he was only there because it was his family's business and he left New York City and 
the financial institution and came over and started running the gym. And I basically was the one running the gym. He was just considered the boss. So when you were instructing, though, and you say you didn't, you thought you would probably just do what you were doing for the rest of your life, did you not ever think, maybe you can't remember, so at some point in my life, I guess either I keep doing this or maybe one day I own my own gym. Is that what you, did you think of that? You know, I think it was always in the back of my head that I wanted to own a gym, but I never thought I would get there. Because back then it was like owning my own gym was like opening a global gym. Right. And why, so why did you think you wouldn't be able to even do that? Because it was too much money. It was expensive. Plus, I mean, I did own a small yoga studio at this time as well. Right. So I, I was trying, but I just didn't have anybody. I had no help, I suppose would be a good word. I'm not saying that in like a poor me way, but I didn't have any, I didn't have any leaders or mentors in my life at this point. Right. And most, when we say global gym, obviously we're considering gyms where it's like, okay, they're corporate, corporately owned. So of course they have the money or the wherewithal to be able to open those facilities. And I think maybe back in the day, there weren't a lot of independent sort of boutique gyms around. Right. There certainly wasn't. I mean, that's why when I've told people what I say often is, you know, I got to the point where had I not found CrossFit, I was definitely contemplating getting a normal job. Right. Like going back to a school and becoming a teacher. And that's like a cool thing that I think maybe people don't recognize about CrossFit is how much it's given to, you know, box owners and themselves. Like it's given them this ability to have financial freedom and have their own facility and space. And, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's really, if you stop and look at it, like the cost of entry is low for a new business. Mm -hmm. Other than $3,000 affiliate fee, there's no other fees you need to pay to CrossFit. And I know people are like, what do I have to pay that for? It's like, because you're doing CrossFit, mm-hmm. you know, and most franchises are 10000 or more a month plus a percentage of your revenue. So $3,000 is nothing for an affiliate name. And you can open in your garage. Mm-hmm. Like, if you aren't successful with your CrossFit affiliates, you're choosing not to be successful. You are not doing the right things to be successful. You know, obviously, there's some other factors. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I'm like, this could develop into a whole other podcast I was about to say. I think we can direct people to your uh, your podcast interview with Savan. <laughs> True. <laughs> For more about affiliate ownership. But the point is, you're absolutely right. CrossFit opened this opportunity to... I mean, I opened my first CrossFit. You know, I wish I had done better with my math back then and my banking. But I would say from the... To open the doors, I probably spent less than $2,000. I'm surprised you weren't, like, jotting down all the numbers somewhere. I don't do that now. You keep track of money, of numbers. You're I look at our bank statement. I don't – I got to go on QuickBooks, actually. I don't do that often enough. You're the one that needs – that wants a budget. I don't do any of that, yeah, which I should. I, I don't understand. It's funny. You just – I would figure, like, if you were that interested – in it, you would pay more attention to detail, but I think detail is just not your thing. Details, yeah, not my thing. And to me, when I look, I look at our bank account. I'm like, how much do we have? What are we going to spend? Right. And I'm like, okay, we made like we made. We need to. And it was always that way for the business. It was like, all right, we have more in the bank than we're going to spend, and we need to pay people. We can buy this equipment. I can pay myself. You know, I, I certainly it's always a goal of mine to be better about it. But you know, back then it was like. 
<laughs> but that's that. I mean, that's impressive to open only with only two thousand dollars down. That's good. If that, I think maybe I should write a book about it. Eh? A. A. <laughs> it's my new book. I am for those listening. I am writing. I love how I said for those listening. Why? Because it's like... (laughs) What else are they doing? Well, sometimes we tune in and we're on video, right? Yeah. So I am writing a new book. I'm really excited about it. So it should be out. It's going to take a while. I do have a a slight goal of trying to get most of it done by the end of the year. But that would be just the rough draft. So Jason decided like a week ago that he was... He came up with this idea, and I said, "Yeah, you should write. You should write a book. It's a good book. That's a good title." Well, you don't often <clears throat> like my ideas, so the fact that you got excited about it showed me that there was something to it. I just like to correct your statement <laughs> because this guy has about a hundred ideas every day, so it's hard to be enthusiastic about all of them, and a lot of them are literally just blurted out from his mouth with no thought whatsoever. So you can imagine that. Well, some of them may be good ideas. A lot of them need more development. But this one you liked. But this one right off the bat, I did like. And I, I, what I was going to say, though, was like a few days in to already writing your book, and you're like, I need you to read what I've written. And I'm like, no. I don't want <laughs> you to. You need to spend more time developing this idea and getting some more words down. No. Paper. <laughs> what I was saying is I need you to read it to make sure – Look, I'm writing it, and to me, it's great. But I want to make sure it's great to other people. So I'm going to tell people what it's about. Really? No, you don't think I should? No, I think let's, let's hold off a little longer. Fine. But anyway, the point was I had written like two or three chapters, and I just wanted you to make sh- read it to make sure it's like, okay, this, does, this isn't too far in the weeds that people aren't going to understand it. Okay. But at the same time, it's, 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 I want it to be like funny. You know, not necessarily funny, but it's a story, and I want you to want to enjoy the story. Yeah, all right. I'll give it a read. I just... No, you don't have to. I was busy. So anyway... This is the most self-assured man in the world, by the way. I think it's great. (laughs) First draft. (laughs) Done. I think to the right audience, it's going to be very good. And the people listening are the audience. (laughs) But it's not, you know, about (laughs) nutrition. My mom. (laughs) For your mom, it's the number one book in the world. I go to her house, like, and she's like, hey, go in the closet and uh, grab this. There's like eight copies of my book in there. Oh, really? What did she have eight copies of my book in there? She stole them all when we were living there for a bit. She texted me the other day. She's like, the fifth graders I'm with think you're cute. Oh I'm like, how do they, like, she's showing pictures of fifth graders, <laughs> of me to fifth graders. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, anyway, when I did find CrossFit, that was it. You know, I did, there was a period of time where I wasn't, it's not that I didn't believe in it, but I, I didn't quite quit all my other gigs, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, I was still teaching spin. I still taught some yoga. Um, I still kept clients outside of CrossFit, you know, in 2007. And then... It got, because I did have other, you know, for example, the f- I used to teach Wednesday night 5.30 every, every Wednesday at 5.30 I would teach Ashtanga Yoga. Mm-hmm. And it was a class I really loved teaching. I love Ashtanga. And I would do it myself. It was like a lead class. So I teach that at the core club. So the schedule for Albany CrossFit reflected that. It was like Mondays and Tuesdays, it was four and five, you know, 
But then eventually it got busy enough that I was like, well, I need classes at this time too. I can't not have it. Right. So I had someone else watch it for a little while, but they weren't ready to coach. Um, so then I eventually had to give up things like that, you know, cause I eventually I looked at it and it's the same advice I would give anyone with their own business. If you're not working first for your business, it's your, your business will fail. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you, I'll give you a good example. But could you not have brought a coach on at that point? I, at the time there were, I did, but there were also, they weren't level one. Right. Because at the time it, was, it wasn't easy to just show up and get your level one. And there also wasn't this. People didn't realize back then that, oh, I can be a CrossFit coach and actually coach classes and make money. Right. So unless you were going to own an affiliate, you really didn't see a lot of people getting their level one at that time. Mm. It was the affiliate owners. But then eventually I had uh, this girl, Jessica, another girl, Jess, actually. Um, you know, you'll read in the book, this kid, Matt, showed up. So I did eventually have him coach, but by the time I had new coaches on, I was already done with everything else. Right. So the other things I was doing were like, for example, Thursdays I would go teach yoga and Pilates for the town. Like go over to the town hall area and like people like with huge classes. And that was like uh what do they call it? Like a semester. So I had to finish that semester of teaching. Oh, okay. You know, so I taught, I, that was probably like my last time doing that through the winter. So I would do that. I had been doing that for years. Right. But point being, you were giving up your time essentially to coach or instruct elsewhere where really your focus needed to be on your business first. Yeah. It's the same advice I give people all the time on their business. If you have time to work for someone else, that should be time devoted to your business. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. Same, same reason I was doing it. It's like, well, I needed to get paid. Yeah. You know, when I would teach for the town of Bethlehem, like I was doing, I was getting like 60 bucks an hour. So to teach three straight classes, I was getting $180. Mm-hmm. But then I started to realize, well, if I stayed at the gym, because it was more than just three hours, mm-hmm. it was getting there, yeah. time in between classes, getting home, time away from the gym. I was like, well, if I stayed at the gym and got one new member, right. that's, that's that money recurring. Right. And I think... I mean, now we're diving into business a little bit, but it's funny how we have this um, initial perception of the value of certain things. And it's hard to always pinpoint the transactional value on you developing a relationship with someone at the box and then potentially acquiring them as a new member and other things like that. Just even your time and getting from A to B to, to go somewhere else, you know? Yeah, and I, and I gave advice once. I have a really good friend, and she's a chiropractor. And she's always struggled with her business. And it was growing, and it's still still around. But one Saturday, I went out for breakfast, and she was the server. Mm. And I didn't say anything there. Like, it was a little awkward. So we, I see her maybe that next Monday, and I said, look, you need to quit that job as a server. And she always took my advice. Like I was like her mentor in business. Yeah, this, I had done well enough that other people were now asking me for advice. And it's funny because then you think about it, like you think you're a doctor. Like you're smarter than me. <laughs> she, she is about some things, not right. about business. Right. It's different to be smart about business. And I said, well, you need to quit that job. And she said, well, I need to pay my bills. I was like, then you need to shut down this office. Mm. I was like, because if your time couldn't be more valuable here, then this isn't going to be worth it. 
Mm. And I was like, you know, whether it's being open, whether it's reaching out to people, whether it's creating an ad, whether it's, you know, putting flyers on cars, that needs to be more of a value to you and your business than making, you know, a hundred bucks waiting tables. Right. So it's about being productive with your time, but also using that time in a way that is truly valuable as well. Not well, just, it's, it's not a, just being productive. And it's somewhat of that <clears throat> scarcity mindset where it's like, well, I need to make money. It's like grow your business. Mm. If, if you have time to work for someone else, your business, you're not doing enough for your business. Mm. And I know that it's the same mindset I have in many things where it's like very black and white and this is the right answer. And I'm sure it's not a hundred percent right, but I, I do believe it. And it's the same reason I've, I've given advice to my friend Jess, who I've had on the podcast, to quit her job as a teacher. And now she owns like seven yoga studios, a CrossFit, and a billion other businesses. Because I was like, you're looking at it, you're looking at the short game versus the long game. Mm. The same reason I had an ex that wanted to teach yoga full time. And I was like, quit your job then and teach yoga full time. It's funny, like I read all these books and it's like I give those, I give that advice out. But then sometimes you have to implement it yourself. But. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> but it's really, I mean, really what I'm telling people is just put that energy out there and it's going to happen. And as soon as they did, it did. So let me, well, let's motivate these people listening. And I'm telling them, there are there is someone listening to this podcast right now. I'm talking to you. And I'm saying whatever you're considering, whatever you're contemplating, you need to go for it. And then buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> and then check out our certification <laughs> and then check out yeah when you've decided to make that change now you're getting more money uh, or maybe it is the certification that's true i mean part of our certification we have our um, monthly option to be involved in our mentorship and business development program and that's what it is i've helped plenty of people i'm going back to oklahoma in a couple of weeks i mean i help people grow their business oh. it's that's I told nice. you. I told, nice you to know. I told you about that. You go to Oklahoma <laughs> after, after Thanksgiving. Well, um, anyway, so business aside, all right. CrossFit. It just became a, your way of life after. That, that was it. I mean, it's probably the most significant change I've had in my life. The most significant impact. And have you gone back to? Oh, I'm kind of done with CrossFit. I want to go back to bodybuilding at any point or... As far as exercise or as far as business? No, we're talking about fitness now. For my own fitness? Yeah. I mean, once I found CrossFit for my own fitness, which was really very close in time to when I opened, that was really all I did. I, I mean... At that point in my life, I was doing a lot of yoga and spin. I wasn't. I was doing weights probably once or twice a week mm-hmm. and jujitsu. So I was like not doing weight training, but still staying fit. And when I found CrossFit, yoga was probably the thing to slide a bit. You know, I did a little less yoga and then more CrossFit, and then kept up with the jujitsu. But I was thinking about it the other day because you get pulled in the different directions when you do CrossFit. Oh, I want to do Thunder Bro and get you know, big, I want to do Olympic lifting. I want to, uh, you know, get back into running, train for a marathon. And I, th- I think while I kind of get pulled and tugged and I do all incorporate those things, CrossFit's always the foundation. Like nothing trumps overall fitness, which I think CrossFit gives you the best. It's more fun to do in a class setting. And then when I'm home in the garage, like yesterday, if I want to just do some heavy front squats and some banded rows to get a little pump or 
when I'm gone on the weekend and I want to, you know, hit some snatches at the box, that's fine, but CrossFit's the foundation. And I think, I don't think that'll ever change. I might have some weeks and months where I'm in specific training, but it will always come back to CrossFit. Yeah, and I think one thing you said there is ultimately it always has to be fun. Like you want to be back in the gym having fun. So oftentimes when you get pulled off course doing these other things, they can be very solitary. And I think that does take away from the fun element of, you know, being in class and yeah, we were I was and doing a variety of different movements that hurt in different ways, but ultimately are fun. Yeah, I was talking to the guys the other day about, you know, doing a bodybuilding show. Mm-hmm. I was like, and, and I'm, I'm definitely, if I see one, I'm going to do it. Like, I want to sign up for one. You ready to shave and paint me? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> it won't be. I, like, I'll see. I know there's one in Naples every year, but I think it recently passed. But I'll find one. And, and the point is I will still do CrossFit and do a little accessory work. But then immediately I'm like, the task becomes, not that I don't want to do that training. It's like, I don't want to do it by myself. Mm. So, you know, I have to find a way of training while doing class because that's where I'm motivated. You know, I, I get the best workout. I have the most fun. And then a day like yesterday in our garage at 2 in the afternoon works because I give myself this finite time. I was like, you have 40 minutes, and here's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. So I made it happen. You know, I did a warm-up on the bike hard. You know, it was basically a workout into heavy front squats, into those, you know, rows, and that was it. And it's kind of fun in a different way, but it's not something I'm doing every day. Right. I think when you're under the clock like that and you know you have to be somewhere or, or do something, it can it's fun in a different way. You're like, oh, I'm time pressured. i got to get this done. Yeah, I was sweating, which I enjoy, like being hot, feeling like you're training in a dungeon. Like that's, <laughs> that's fun for me. But now today I'm looking, even though, and even like a day like today, I look at the class programming. I'm like, oh, lunges, sit-ups, pull-ups, like easy like, day. Yeah, I could do that myself. Or I'll do something else. But you know what? If you do that in a class environment, that could become hard very quickly. Doing 40 lunges, oh, like yeah. trying to compete and, you know, be better than everyone else around you. There's going to be a lot of sore butts. It's going to be, A, it's going to be, there's no workout that you see on the board that's easy. No. So I know it's going to be hard. And I know it'll be more fun than if I'm like, oh, I'll go in the back and I'll do Grace or Isabel or some bench press or whatever the case is. I'll have more fun in class. I'll work harder. And at the end of the day, intensity gives you results. Yeah. And I mean, whether you're trying to get fitter or look better on a bodybuilding stage, you need to get intensity. And I'm going to go in there. I'm going to try to be the fastest one of the day. And that's how you're going to get those results. So Beast of the box, babe. Beast at the box. Aww. You don't need to do a bodybuilding show. Why not? You already look great. It's not about that. What's it about then? What's the motivation? That's what I don't understand. I mean, people have said to me before, you should do a bikini show or something. And I'm like, I don't understand the motivation. It's true. It is. That is a good question. I'd have to think about it. The motivation for me when I see that is honestly showing people that our nutrition way of life plus CrossFit, which doesn't have to take hours, can lead you to looking and feeling your very best. Mm. I mean, you see people on bodybuilding stage, and my friend Dave Lipson just did a competition. He looked amazing. Did he? Yeah. And, you know, the truth is, say I'm going to do a competition in three months. Not a lot will change for the first month. I did incorporate a little bit of specific training. The big change is just those last few weeks of a tiny bit of dialed-in diet, like a little less sodium, 
uh, you know, probably dropping my numbers down a bit and then dropping my water those last couple days. But just to show people like, hey, any time of year, like I'm 10 pounds away from where I would want to be on stage and most of that is water. Hmm. So it's, it's not about mm-hmm. looking different. Like it would just be about showing people that you can do it. All right. Well, I'll hold you to it then. Uh, the listeners will hold you to it. Yeah, it'll be fun. I think um, document mm-hmm. it. Meanwhile, I'm planning on doing Waterpalooza. Are you guys signing up? Yeah, well, for the scale division, it's just first come, first serve, I think. Yeah, I don't really want it. I'll go and support you. I don't know. And and tentatively, we've been invited to speak on the Wad on the Waves that Monday after, so we have to go to Miami anyway. Oh, is it literally on that Monday from Waterpalooza? Yeah. Oh, well, that works well. So... If you haven't checked that out, there's going to be all sorts of games athletes there. We're yeah, going to be speaking. Like Josh Bridges is going to be on it. Bridges, Froning. I'm going to be a stalker for the week. Brooke Wells, <laughs> uh, Austin, Connor, Spencer Hendel. So, yeah, it's going to be great. Us. Us. They're going to be like, <laughs> like, wait, who invited these two people? Who are those two? <laughs> that girl can barely squat below parallel. Out of the way, Bridges. <laughs> i got to do a set here. Oh. But anyway... Hopefully that brought it around a little bit. I'd like to hear more about your story maybe next week. Sure. And I'd like to hear more about the listeners' stories too, like what their experience and lifespan of fitness has looked like. I would love that. Yeah, so reach out to us. We'd also love to have you on to talk to you guys while while we have this podcast you know, live. Sure. Let us know. We can talk to you about your journey. Mm. So let's do that. Uh, anything else you'd like to add before we sign off today? Happy pre-Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, you know what? Next week is Thanksgiving. We'll probably put our episode out maybe Thanksgiving morning. Wait, this this one? Oh, mm-hmm. next week? Oh, yeah. next Thursday. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. We'll put a quick episode out. Yeah. Let's do a... Uh, we never fail to put an episode out, do we? <laughs> top... We'll Let's do, not say never. We'll do top tips and tricks to be successful at Thanksgiving. Oh, we don't even need to do that. I mean, we can do, but we have my holiday survival guide coming out in Ooh. a couple of days. A couple of days, the holiday survival guide. Where can they download that? On the site. I don't know where we're going to put it yet, but we'll make it obvious so you guys can find it. Don't you worry. If you listen to our podcast, you'll find the Holiday Survival Guide. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, until then, have a great rest of the week. Enjoy your day. And like I said, if you're going to do anything, go all in. Go all in. You like that? Yeah, I do. Let's go grow old. <laughs> I want to grow old with you.